You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity, you have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, right, welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition. We got uh, Tony Curry in the house, Tony Curry Radio Network, and uh, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. I'm Jay Barker. Thanks for joining us. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We caught the bowling of this generation. And uh, you get out with family, coworkers, friends. You'll love uh, Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Well, good afternoon, guys. Hope everybody's hey, doing well. What's we going got on? A great All show good. lined up for you. Uh, we got uh, coming up a little bit later on Roger Hoover at one uh, fifteen. I think our yeah, one fifteen will be joining us normally at twelve fifteen, but today he's got an interview, so he'll join us an hour later. But uh, TK, what's happening? Man, uh, just enjoyed the fantastic Labor Day weekend. I hope you guys did too. Uh, saw some great football on Thursday with UAB, of course, uh, going fifty uh, nine zip uh, on uh, Alabama A and M. Uh, almost set a record for most points ever, but took the knee. And then, of course, I saw the Doobie Brothers on Friday, which was one of the top ten shows I've ever seen. I can't believe I'm saying that. Wow. I've seen them 20, I, I, it was unbelievable. I could not believe how tight they were. They played over two hours. Can you say your number show. one show is Rolling Stones? 
Uh, no, Steely, Steely Dan was probably one of my best shows, the BJCC Concert Hall, several years back. But um, the Rolling Stones certainly in the mix there. But to gotcha. see a band that was celebrating its 50th anniversary and to say it was a top 10 show for me is, is pretty pretty amazing. And then, of course, I uh, went to the Alabama game thanks to uh, Jay Barker. Um, I don't take that lightly. Thank you very much for taking <laughs> care of me. I appreciate that. You had two empty seats beside you, right? Uh, you know, it was weird because I think I forgot my deodorant because we had two seats on either side, you two did. seats in front, yeah. two seats behind. <laughs> And then wow. uh, a nice, a nice, uh, a nice couple uh, that sat right behind me, Brandy and Mark Rutledge. He's like, you remember that name? I said, I know the, the Rutledge name. Sure. Uh, he kept tapping me on the back. He's like, I'm sorry to bother you, but are you Tony Curry? I said, yes, I am. He goes, dude, do you remember being at Jitterbugs? I said, no. That's why it was so great. Uh -huh. And so we talked about Jitterbugs about three, three and a half hours with Brandy oh, wow. and uh, Mark. But we had a great time. And uh, I, I, I was texting Lars, and I know you guys have already talked about this because it's a couple of days to pass the point, but I was texting Lars during the football game, and I said, if someone came up to me and said, uh, Tony, yes, uh, <laughs> did you ever see a football game where at any time you thought that perhaps – they were throwing the game. Could you name that game? Uh, Utah State, that was the game on Saturday. I'm not saying they did throw the game, okay? Right. I'm just saying that yeah. if I had to pick one game in my entire life, and I've seen thousands of football games, that was the one where I was, like, scratching my head throughout the entire game. That was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen from any football team in college football history. 11-game winner last year. Top 25 team. Beat Oregon State in their bowl game. Uh, and some of the you play must have calls. lost a lot of money. <laughs> no, I actually, I, <laughs> you did, Lars. Well, I did. that was yeah, Lars. I told Lars. I, I was, chased Lars during the game. I said, "How you like the under now?" <laughs> it was Lars, it was Lars loser plus the forty two, and yeah. um, I just could not believe the early going for it on fourth and one and throwing the ball thirty yards out of bounds was a, which was a really strange it was a wheel play and there was no wheel there was nothing there <laughs> it just went floating out. Then three different times they went for it on third or ten and third or eleven. Each time they called a timeout before the play and ran the ball into the line with a five foot eight tailback. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I think they were just trying to get out of the game. I, I do too. Well, yeah. and that's a fix to me. That's a fix. If you don't want to be there, then that's a fix. And not one time, not one time did they return a kickoff. If you're trying to spark your offense, you're trying to do something, and he wasn't plowing at ten yards past the end zone. Mm -hmm. They were landing a, a, a yard or two into the end zone. Run the ball out. Do something to spark your offense. It was one of the worst called football games I've ever seen. I want I want to see competition. I knew Alabama was just going to run rough shot on those guys, but I want to see some competition. And the fact that that, that football team uh, and they went for it what seven times on fourth down. Uh, you'd think a team going for it that many times on fourth down would get it into the end zone. They never did. But the play calling. Was but you're not saying they threw the game. You're saying they just the effort wasn't there, no, the play he, calling he's wasn't he's saying, there. They didn't they throw, throw the game. They, they threw, threw the game for Vegas. Blake Anderson loaded up. Well, the... you know, you did see them move the ball a lot more after they were down 55 to zip. Uh, the dude in the yellow shirt over there on the sideline. I don't defense. know what he was doing, but I'm just again. And I know Coach Anderson. You're talking about a football team that won 11 games last year. They won the whack. Have you seen their schedule from last year? I I did, and they beat three. Top five teams, not the top five teams, but but uh, power five teams last year. This is a good you should have stayed with top team. five. And that sounded better. It's a good, it's a good football team <laughs> last year. They went from one to eleven wins. They yeah. changed the culture again. The 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 tailback is the smallest tail. He's got to be the smallest tailback in NCAA. It reminds me of this, that Auburn player where they kind of hit him around the quarterback. He's so small that he would slide between people's legs and stuff and get first downs. But when you're a third eleven from your own twenty three and you're running a five foot eight tailback into the line. I mean, even if the play was designed to be a big-time gainer, Bama's going to react fast enough to catch that little pipsqueak and take him down for a loss. I, I just I don't know. And in the first play of the game, what they do? 
went 30 yards down the field mm-hmm. completion to start the game. And I'm thinking, okay, they never did it again. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I was. Who are you I, pulling for? You're I, like, okay, good. No, it was yeah. great. But I mean, I want to I see. have something. These poor kids were not put in the position to win. what happens when betters get into games. It had something to do yeah. with jitterbugs, memory. It's gambling. No, I just, I, I was just amazed by the play calling in that football game. I, yeah. I, it was like half the, was half the team gone. Had I known that going in, I would have taken Bama minus 42 all day. Other than that, <laughs> other than the fact that the Utah State coach was uh, throwing the game, uh, what were your big takeaways um, you know, it's kind of hard against a team that doesn't play. I mean, I really is. I mean, it, it, it was that that that's Savannah State to me. I mean, I, I was really looking for a more of a competitive game. Uh, but obviously, um, Bryce looked fantastic. Uh, his numbers were great. But uh, but against that defense, I, I I really can't take away much from that game at all. I could take a lot more away from the Georgia Oregon game just because I know Oregon's a better football team, um, and I think they would be probably ranked third or fourth in the SEC. Oregon would be. I think Georgia looked fantastic, but but I, I, I they they didn't make a lot of mistakes. I'm sure that Nick Saban had a couple things, some false starts. I don't think they had a penalty until the third quarter, but I mean, Utah State did nothing to even enforce a penalty against that. They didn't have to penalize. They didn't have to do anything against that that lousy squad on both sides of the ball. So, but yeah, Alabama took care of business. They got it done. It was out of hand uh, early in the third quarter, um, and that's the way it probably should have been. And, and and maybe Vegas knew something that we didn't because I thought that 42 points was way too many. So the reason had empty seats, Andrea, my sister, who you were going to be sitting she with. Went, she went to a box. She, she went to a box. Oh, she texted you and told she, you? Okay. Uh, she had the binoculars on me, Jay. She's like, I'm watching you and your son in the stands. I felt like I was being stalked, and I liked it. I was pulling out a pant Be careful leg. now. I was, yeah, I was, no, I was, oh, Jay's I sister, man. <laughs> Just get a boyfriend. You know, I'd love to call you my brother-in-law. <laughs> I'd love oh, that too, man. Actually. Man, is, do, is there any sports shows with brother-in-laws doing it? Yeah, we call it the brother-in-laws. Yeah, brothers <laughs> from a different mother. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, she was uh, she was keeping an eye on me, but uh, we had a great time. It was fun, and uh, the crowd obviously uh, it was hard to get the crowd into that the particular game, but it was super loud. They open up with a thunderstruck, which is fantastic. Good question great. here that has mm-hmm. to be asked, and I've really heard nobody that went to the game. How are the alcohol sales? I know you didn't imbibe, but uh, did you notice anything different? Right, so, so you're asking this question, and I'm going to tell you. Let's get to it on the other side. If okay, you don't let's mind. do it. I, okay. I, got I talked to my yeah. students about this yesterday, too. I got, they, I got they, two they, points. They had really interesting comments. We hadn't, yeah. we hadn't gotten a, a deep dive on that, so well, let's do that on the other side. Before we go to break, uh, we're going to play a highlight for the uh, 2009. This is the championship game. Some sights, and are not sights, but sounds from, from that game that uh, Josh Smith, our producer, put together. So, guys, at Tide 100.9, our flagship station, Load her up, and uh, this is what it sounded like in 2009, Alabama, Texas. Our journey begins, and Alabama will put it in play. He and Arenas are going to have one of the great duels returning punch here tonight if they get a chance. A pass, a fake, interceptor, Gideon.
brought to you by Tidwell Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor in Tuscaloosa with over 24 years' experience. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752-7503. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow, partially sunny with a chance of scattered showers and storms again. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Journey begins, and Alabama will put it in play. He and Arenas are going to have one of the great duels returning punts here tonight if they get a chance. A pass, a fake, interceptor. Gideon pulls it down. Nick Saban goes way against his coaching philosophy, comes up with a Belichick move on the first drive of the game. Colt McCoy suffered a shoulder injury on that hit. And 18-yard field goal puts Texas ahead after the turnover. Short kickoff. That's a live ball. Texas goes for it. They may have it. That's live. It is Longhorn football. Another Alabama mistake. Hit a 46-yarder against Nebraska to win it. Now the 42-yarder. And Texas builds a six-point advantage. Running Ingram. Power run. The first down, first man can't bring him down. Yards after contact continue to add up for the Heisman Trophy winner. Mark was very emotional, talked about his father as he dashes into the touchdown and gets one for dad. And off Richardson bolts up the middle for the end zone. This could be a touchdown. Put it on the board for Baba. Third and five. Gilbert under pressure and intercepted. Picked off by Arenas. Arenas kills the drive with the Alabama interception. Third and seven. Bootleg. McElroy. He can run. Slide dives a little bit short of the first down. And now it is Saban who will have a decision to make. Saban says we'll take the points. Can't argue with that. 17 to 6. 23 on the board here in the first half. Here's Gilbert. That inside shuttle pass. Incomplete. Uh, incomplete. a fumble. Picked up by Darius. Darius in the air. Darius going for the end zone. That could be a touchdown if he's got it in the air. That's an interception and a touchdown. And the way they're celebrating, you think in all the world that Marcel Darius, who knocked Colt McCoy out of the game, if he caught it in the air without a hitting ground, interception, touchdown, Alabama. There's always though, an interception and a touchdown. Not take anything away from this Bama group. This is a sensational defense. Gilbert going deep down the middle. Got a man, got a chicken. Touchdown, Texas! 44 yards. Gilbert to Shipley, who shook Arenas. Is that play at the end of the first half right now, when you look at this score, that was intercepted on the shovel pass and taken in for an Alabama touchdown? That play will haunt. Now they get the outside kick, and they dive for it. Texas! Great field position for Gilbert, and now he's got a little bit of confidence, and more importantly, the players around him have confidence, too. Gilbert got a man open! 
Texas, Shipley second of the night. A freshman growing up before your eyes. 28 more yards. Gilbert fumble. Ball's loose. Bama's got it at the three-yard line. The defense for the Crimson Tide. Ball the blitz. Eric Anders comes off the left, left edge of the offense. And just when I said they haven't given up a sack, Alabama dials up the blitz, and Anders makes it home. His sixth sack of the year. Upshaw recovers it. Cody leads Ingram. Ingram battles second effort. Touchdown. His second of the night. Great quarterback. Now, now think about what happened. Sam Bradford injured against BYU. Knocked out by Texas down there. As we watch this play unfold with Gilbert. And it's intercepted at the 30-yard line. They get down. The clock will continue to run. That championship trophy is headed back to Tuscaloosa. Richardson barges into the end zone. His second of the night. I mean, they got him with emphasis. That was absolutely good. That was all those rules. That was with emphasis. Was there contact there? I mean, that wasn't just Gatorade. That was some plastic. We're coming at it. This is getting a little physical here, boys. We've had enough of his rules. We rule. We rule right now. That's taking Gatorade shower to a different level there. He turned right into that baby. That's one of the all-time best. That's for faking the putter. That'll do it. Crimson Tide wins the national championship. The Bear would be proud. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. All right, welcome in. And uh, again, that's 2009 when it all began for Coach Saban, his first national title. Pretty amazing uh, looking back and uh, or hearing back on uh, all those great plays uh, throughout that game. And Gilbert comes in, and uh, we talked uh, yesterday, I, I did, to uh, Trent. Trent's supposed to be hopefully in today as well. Uh, but uh, I talked to him on our show, uh, Crimson Tide Headlines. And uh, he talked about uh, just that they didn't, you know, weren't prepared for Gilbert. They said, "Look, we're, we were ready for a guy that was going to come in and and um, you know be able to play at a level of what Colt McCoy, uh, as far as running the ball, and you know not really being so much outside the pocket." And Gilbert was an in the pocket freshman, and what a debut for him! And coming off the bench too, there's not a lot of nerves when you're a second string guy coming into a championship game. You go out there, you play pretty loose because you're like, "Look, I haven't got the reps. The players know that." And just go out there and play loose, and he did. Yeah, Played he did. really good. You know, a couple years ago, Colt McCoy wrote about that hit that he took, and um, he said, you know, what strikes me most is that it was a normal hit. And uh, and, 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 and he said, uh, but for one reason or another, the, the tackle was different. And he said, the hit changed my entire life. Uh, my immediate, he said, my immediate uh, reaction after the collision was what just happened. He said, I didn't have any pain in my right arm. I, did, I just didn't have any feeling at all. It was just an entirely numb. So, I, I mean, Jay, when you look back and, and watch that game, did you think it was an abnormal hit that he took? No, it just hit perfectly. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it was, it was a hard hit, no doubt. Marcel gets the hit. He got the, uh, the pickoff, you know, the shovel pass where he was able to pick it off, spin around. 
go in for the touchdown, right, flips right. the ball, gets the penalty uh, in the end zone as well for unsportsmanlike conduct. But I think Saban was able to eat that, Matt, the unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct by Darius. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you're going to be okay with that. But it's almost like he knew this, the snap count. I mean, he was in backfield so quick and mm-hmm. all over McCoy. Um, now, and, and you guys are 100% right. It, it looked like something he'd walk back to the huddle with. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, he went on backup quarterback in the NFL for, what, 10 years? Yeah, had a great He's still a backup. He went in 10 to the end of the draft. But uh, I don't know that it changed his NFL career, but it certainly changed the the, the entire face of that football game. To our amazement, too, everyone thought the game was over when Colt was out. I mean, every Alabama Gilbert fan said it's over. Great. I, mean, I mean, he was up for a Heisman Trophy. I mean, this, this guy, I was a top-five quarterback in the league, and you're sitting there going, okay, this is over. And, boy, was it not. I mean, Alabama had to do everything right just to get to, get to the, the locker room as a national championship. So it was great. And, you, and, you know, you love to see backup guys get an opportunity like that and shine. He's not still with the team. Cardinals. There you go. Beautiful setting. It was unbelievable being out there. And uh, anytime you got palm trees inside of a stadium, it's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, the the Rose Bowl is um, you know one of those plate where you well, first of all, you park on a golf course, mm-hmm. so you're out there tailgating. So it's, it's pretty pretty nice setup as well. You got the mountains right behind you, and you see up on the cliffs, you know, all the beautiful homes overlooking the Rose Bowl. Um, but that um, it, it was a great night. The only thing that was bad was going to get drinks. Yeah, because when we went out to get food or drinks, you were out there, like you left, and there was no at that time. I think they had like little small uh, monitors or TVs out there for you to watch, but you felt like you left the game. Did you had to go completely outside of the stadium to get anything at that time. What? I, don't know I have not. Oh, yeah. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. I but, but I, I'll say that uh, friends of mine who've covered a lot of games there say that the amenities are not very. good. They're not. No, no. and it's really small too. I mean, the, the concourse are kind of small. I stood in line for forty-five minutes for a beer, and then I realized I was in the men's room line. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. For 45 just, minutes. You were just shutting God, out the middle man. Thank God I ran into Michael Spistow, and he had an extra beer, and I was like, and by that time, I had to go. So I was like, perfect. But 45 <laughs> minutes, I stood in line uh-huh. in the men's room, and I thought I was That's well over Bud Light. That was a lot of the complaints about that. Yeah. When people came back, they said, man, if you went out to the restroom or you went to get food or whatever else, but, but the setting was beautiful. Uh, the sunset, all that stuff that happened throughout the game. and uh, There was a lot of settings, too. We had your girlfriend, Cheryl Crow, with us. Huh? Uh, yeah. She went to the game with us, and then uh, we went, over, went, went, went with Chris Fowler. He came up and sat with us for a little bit, and then went over to uh, and uh, sat with David Arquette and Courtney Cox and David and I. <laughs> so at that time, you could tell there was some uh, problems in the household um, because he was hilarious, but she just had nothing to do with him. And he had everything on Alabama. Like Alabama hat, he had a T-shirt on. He goes, "Look at my keychain." He had a keychain, <laughs> and she said, didn't. Oh, wow. No. So we go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I, well, I went to the bathroom. He followed me. We go to the bathroom. We're sitting there, and, and so he's like, "Look at my shorts." And then he pulls down. He's got like Alabama underwear on. <laughs> Showing his underwear. Maybe that's why she would have had nothing to do with it. Maybe him. so. I don't know. But he was he was awesome. Ooh. Great guy. Funny as could be, and uh, and she was great too. I mean, yeah. you, but you could tell that there was because they weren't sitting together. <laughs> I don't know if he'd gone yeah, overboard a little bit. Leo. Yeah, that's the time. Well, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Jay. I know because the Rose the Bowl <laughs> concessions were better than they were at Brian Denny on Saturday. Really? I don't know. Okay, I don't know yes. what. I don't we, know what's going need, on. We need the analysis of it, it, uh, it, first it was game absolutely ever. horrible. I, I, first I, game I, ever with alcohol. Hey, was this Brian thing? Why did I give you tickets? It, it, no, <laughs> the game was great. Fashion, <laughs> Utah State. No, if you don't talk about it, I mean, and so I'm sitting there and I'm. Middle of the first quarter, I was like, I'm going to go before halftime, grab yourself a hot dog. The line was an hour and a half long. Uh, the people behind me left the middle of the first quarter and did get back to the beginning of the third quarter for a hot dog. And a Whoa. They ran out of things. And I was like, 
What? I mean, you're Bryant Denny Stadium. You state of the art. You got all the lights. You got all the fans. You got everything you need. You got the concession stands every five feet. And for some reason, there were. I'm seriously, the lines were a hundred yards long during the entire game. I, they weren't a hundred yards long. Jay, I'm telling There's you, no. That's a football. Field, Jay, ask don't anybody it? that went to that football game how long those lines were. I mean, they why went, was it they, so long? They went to the point where you couldn't see the end of them. I was like, and it went. And they went the beer lines. No, no. The beer lines were short. Did you go no. last year? I did not. Or y'all have. Yeah. Did you have any difficulties like that? Oh, you're in a skybox. So. No, I went in a skybox. It was I, was in, I was in the but, press box. Yeah. It was but have you so heard much. anything like that in the past? Like um, yeah. It's, it's, what surprised me so it's much. It's just a number of people. What it surprised is, me yeah. so much is people were willing to wait in line. I was talking to the guy behind me. He was a season ticket holder. He probably yeah. knows he is, Mark Relich. And he's like, they had the same issues last year. They promised they'd fix it this year. And I said, I, I, so we we had Waffle House on the way home, 1130. Any uh, Southern Baptist asked you to buy beer for him? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, although they didn't tell hey, me they were Southern Baptist. Can I, can I bring up one other thing, too? I'm going to sound like an old man here, and I hate when I sound like an old man. We were talking about some of the best atmospheres in the SEC, and we mentioned the Grove. Why is that? Uh, great tailgating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 uh, I can't. I have my 17-year-old son with me, and I believe he's straight. I think he is. <laughs> Wow, at sure. this at this point it really doesn't matter because yeah, I'm gonna love, I'm gonna love either way. I'm not gonna be I'm not I'm not Rick and Bob. I love him either way. <laughs> if my son is gay, I will love him as much as if he's heterosexual. I was embarrassed by the scenery at that football game. As a father, as a fifty six year old, first of all, I couldn't stop looking. My neck hurt by the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> I had a woman sit right behind me and all I had to do was turn around and, and it was staring right at me in the face. I I, I I've never seen Jay, I've been to mean games. I've used to do tailgate parties every Saturday. Right, yeah. rock down. Yeah. I've seen it all. I've never seen that display. And you were mentioning alcohol. And every time I saw a co-ed who I saw, I'll tell were you. Were you in the student I, section? I, I, saw, I, saw three, I saw three pair outside the concourse. Three. Uh, I couldn't believe I could, I, I, and, and they And they weren't trying. They just slipped out. And I'm going... And I'm looking at it, and Santos bumped me. I'm going, dude, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I, and, and, again, I'm 56 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm young at heart. I, 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 I've, I've done some crazy things in my life, so yeah. I'm not complaining about it. But I could not believe what the women were wearing. May I bottom. follow you? Okay. Please. Now, I don't know and if I'm it not was to that extreme. Don't change, please. Okay. But it was uncomfortable. But I was very privileged myself. to do the uh, Tide Tailgate show on Bear and Tide. Yeah. And we were on the strip, 1225. Your man, Jay, yeah. what a good guy. Uh, their burgers are unbelievable. They, they are good. Yep. But I was so happy that we were facing away from the street because when I would turn around with the cowboy boots and the cutoffs and the hats and the midriffs, it was, and I went to Alabama. I was there. I've seen co-eds. I'm, I've been at I'm, nightclubs at three o'clock in the morning. And it was, anything remotely close. And I, again, I had to turn I mean, around. We should be doing like, an endorsement for Brian Denny stadium. People like I'm going I had to, the next to turn day. around. <laughs> And then inside twelve twenty-five, it was it was quite spectacular too. It was so, unbelievable. It, it, was unbelievable. it sounds like a creepy old man right now. <laughs> I, and, and that's what made me feel so well, bad. You know why I, that I, is? I thought to myself, well, it's too creepy old man. <laughs> I thought to myself, maybe it's me. No, it wasn't you. But you're fifty-six. Oh, Standards go down. I, mean, I, I I'm just. And, I and, but, but to see uh, to see some of the things, and I don't need to tell you what they're wearing, but to see a girl. Several times I saw some young co-eds with their mom and dad. <laughs> and I'm looking at the father. And I, the first person I saw, we took the, tr we took the tram from the capstack, uh, capstone to deck. 
And there was a girl in front of me, and I looked at Santo. I said, if Lila ever wears that, I will kill her. I, I will hunt her down. I will go through her That's closet. That's his daughter. I will go through yeah. her closet. She's 10. <laughs> and, and I said, I, 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 it ain't going to happen. And he kind of laughed. I, I and and, and that was the first one I saw. It's just, you know, it's, 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 it's. And, and their moms. Woo-hoo! <laughs> For the record, I have no part of this conversation. I'm recusing myself. Again, you're I don't know how I You're actually the one that should be the most involved when it comes right down no, to I it. I don't know how I, I feel I, about I have it. Nothing to say. I was happy. I was really, really happy, but but you know, I just had you're to really happy. concentrate on not staring. Because I, I, I did too. It was it was uh, I didn't want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to be that guy. Maybe that's why Utah State played so bad. <laughs> I'm telling you now. They were looking at the stand. That's why, hey, well. that's why we played so bad in Florida, 1991. Well, you know how those Utah fans Day before. Are. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. All right. We'll get things straightened back out. I can't wait to the We'll get Lars' comments about it coming up on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be back. Live from AVX. Audio Video Excellence continues. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.C letter O. are good times a little chic there for you all right uh we were talking about the uh, stadium inside hold on what now Seth? why don't we always say a little before little led zeppelin a little chic why little chic why don't we always say a, a whole lot of there's a whole lot, lot of chic going on there's little pretenders there why, why do we always say a little before is it because you're not playing the whole album i don't know I, 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 we should you gotta record that back in the studio. Dave Marcus sang a little chic for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. Remember all those ones we used to uh, get? That time I was like, uh, these are great looking balls. And then we were talking about these uh, balls that you could get for to was it celebrate the national championship? He takes that and it's like goes back. I saw him walk out of the room. He goes back to the producer. Cut that out right now. Cut that. In. It was and like he, every and we went for like the next year and a half, two years, playing that at some point in time. All right. So se- <laughs> real serious note though. Tell, tell everybody what we found well, out this morning and, and a loss for the Bama family. Uh, Gary De Niro, and, um, man, what a great uh, teams he played on, uh, the championship teams of 78-79. He was in school when I was in school. Yeah. And he was your atypical Coach Paul Bryant recruit and player. Undersized, huge heart. Gary De Niro passed away. He's in his early early 60s. He's 64, right at, I think. Right at my age. Yeah. Uh, but I just talked to his good friend Lou Green. Lou said he might want to have a comment a little bit later on, but they were tight. They tailgated together. They won back-to-back national championships together. But he was one of those guys Coach Bryant found out about playing up in Ohio. Undersized defensive end comes in, plays them back, back, back-to-back national championships. It was, in, in my opinion, on the unexpected side. Because, uh, he had done some Facebook stuff. I've seen some pictures of him on Facebook here just in the last couple of days. But uh, very saddened by his passing, uh, Gary De Niro was the epitome of a coach, Paul Bear Bryant, uh, player. And uh, as a result, rings, rings, back-to-back. Yeah, Youngstown, uh, Ohio, and uh, native, graduated from Cheney High School. 
uh, who former athlete director Mal Moore once said looked like he worked for the mafia. <laughs> he is the very Italian-looking yeah, guy. Well, with that name, you would expect. Yeah, played for Coach Bryant, 77 through 1980. And, um, man, I tell you, our, our thoughts and prayers are out to the family. But I want to put it out there because he's at a lot of the games and uh, has been there for years and a great part of the A-Club as well. But um, Gary De Niro, again, passing away at the age of 64. Shifting gears just a little bit. Tony, you are a uh, native of the uh, Buckeye State from Ohio. Yes. And uh, I really want to get your take on uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, at halftime, Notre Dame held the lead 10-7, and uh, they were really just standing toe-to-toe with the Buckeyes. Buckeyes come back in the second half, win 21-10. C.J. Stroud, the Heisman favorite heading into this season, did not have a, a very good good game he was not sharp he was just off a little bit jay and i, I don't know how you get that back during a game but but tony just your assessment of of the buckeyes i think defensively uh notre dame caught them on their heels a little bit i thought they had a really great game plan in the first half but their depth in notre dame is not particularly good and i think when they start showing up in the, in the third and fourth quarter I, I i was pleasantly surprised obviously that notre dame held the lead because they were a 16 17 point dog in that particular game but again it's it's a, and jay can tell you this it's the first game of the year Unless you're playing a cream puff, uh, you're going to win by 35 or 40. You you really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you really don't. Uh, and, and then you throw in the fact that maybe Stroud's got some butterflies or maybe he's starting to feel the pressure of perhaps being a Heisman Trophy hopeful, whatever it is. And a lot of people say, ah, that's crazy. You've been playing football his entire life. I'm, I'm just telling you. And you're playing Notre Dame in that first game. It's pretty big, of course. They, they lost their coach. And Brian Kelly, he lost his first game at LSU. I love that. Um but uh, yeah, I, you know, I I I think that Notre Dame's probably a little bit better than we thought. We're talking about a number two number against number five here, right? I mean, mm-hmm, we, we yeah. haven't seen a two five spread of seventeen points in a long time. Um, so a lot of people that that don't really know college football would say that's crazy. I'll take the seventeen all day. When the defense looked good though. The defense looked really good. Yep. Notre Dame's always going to be good. They play an ugly style of defense. Yeah, I'm talking about Ohio State's yeah. defense look yeah. better than well, it's been in the past. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm surprised that Notre Dame moved the ball as well as they did the big, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the football game. But again, you haven't seen. You, you did, we didn't even know who the quarterback was going to be. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly did the same thing at LSU. You always hold on to that little nugget uh, and let them practice for whoever they got to be as far as in you know dual quarterback situation. And certainly at Michigan they're doing that, but from week in and week out. But uh, I, I think Notre Dame is going to be a little better than we thought. But, again, there's a reason why they're ranked number five. And, and again, going back to Stroud, I mean, he just had passes that were sailing through the air without any precision, just missing guys who were open. Uh, I know it, it, it hurt them that uh, their uh, leading receiver, uh, 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 Smith and Jabaya, uh, went down uh, in the first quarter. But still, Jay, like it, it was really shocking to me to see Stroud just so sort of unnerved. And it just didn't – he didn't look like the same player – that he appeared to be all of last season. Yeah, it could be the pressure. I don't mean, you know, he come to the season as the Heisman favorite, and uh, your team's ranked number two in the country. And uh, and again, Notre Dame, give them credit. I mean, they made them play their game. They played kind of an ugly game early on, uh, not allowing them to uh, get the points, um, and uh, did a great job on defense as well for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But second half, they came out. You could tell how State kind of made the, the correction, made the adjustments, and uh, Ryan Day got the offense moving in the right direction. But he, you're going to have – those days, you know, where you come out, especially the first game, is sometimes tough. And you're playing Notre Dame. It's a big stage, so I, 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 I give him that. But he's going to put up big numbers this year, as yep. they do every year. You'll you'll see, you know, five touchdown passes in a game. You'll see four. CJ is a terrific player and uh, a lot of talent. Uh, I think I saw a stat uh, this past weekend that uh, the last ten seasons, 
the quarterback that's leading the Heisman Trophy race after week nine has won the trophy nine of the ten years. So, you know, every single year we see a quarterback, yeah. Stetson Bennett, had an unbelievable game. And he should be right there. He should. Right yeah. now. He, he played an unbelievable Largest game. Largest favorite player now. Ag- ag- he is. Against the Oregon Ducks, against a team that, that obviously is a, a really good football team. Um, Do you, you think just, week one really matters in the Heisman race? Are, are we are, are voters going to remember it this the, it if you're not there? It, 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 yeah. it does at the end of the season, it does. Yeah, and also if you're not really being mentioned a lot by I think, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it puts you on the map. I, right. I don't think yeah. a lot of people had Bennett in their top five. I think a lot of people do now. Mm-hmm. And I thought I Bryce agree. did everything. I think Bryce is going to have to play lights out because I don't think they want to see a back-to-back winner in the Heisman Trophy race. Uh, he's going to have to put up some unbelievably gaudy numbers. And, of course, he was in that football game a lot longer than I wanted to see him. Yeah, were you, you surprised that no. uh, Bryce came out in the third quarter? Not at all. <clears throat> they, they, that's something that Coach Saban has talked about for years. Do the process, go through. He wants his team to go in the locker room, make adjustments, come back out, have one series, and that one series was very quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that was a good thing. I, I, you do worry about the injuries at that point in time. Um, the, the only thing I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter say, get down, quit, don't, you know, slide, don't try to go head first or whatever else. But man, that guy's a competitor. Yeah. He knows how to protect himself. He's really, really good at that and, and moving around the pocket as well as down the field. And he was but, playing a, a team that was throwing the game, so I mean, he didn't know what about. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Here's he the thing, though. We didn't slide. see Bryce run last year the way that he ran in no. high school. In high school, he was an unbelievable <laughs> runner out of the backfield and can make people miss down the field because skate the pocket. Get your big yards when you need. I think you'll see more of that this year at times. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how I, if he's going to win it, I think it's that he gets the same numbers close to it passing. Agree with if you. he gets a 1,000 yards rushing, somewhere in there, more than me. He had more yards in that one game he had all last year. Yep. And that, that's amazing. And I still think sacks should not count as rushing yards. I agree. I agree. <laughs> really? And I think they ought yeah. to start counting drops. Yeah. It should be a stat. Yeah. Wow. If it was Major League Baseball, they would. Uh, they well, they count, count pass balls. I mean, the catcher misses the ball, you charge him. Yeah, but why, then, why not do that, that with a wide receiver? You have to be subjective about what's considered a catch or not. If it hits his fingers, is it catches the catch? It is. Uh, it just have me. I if can be the judge him, on every one of them. We don't know what kind of spins on the football. <laughs> we don't know how hard it's being thrown. Come on, man. But if a guy's in the pocket and he gets yeah. sacked, once he leaves the pocket, if he gets sacked, it's yeah. a rush. True. But if you're in the pocket, he gets sacked. You shouldn't get that. That yard should not be taken away from your rushing yards. I agree. Now, if that happens. You're going to see a lot of records broken <laughs> if they were to uh, oh, do that rule. I think yeah. I think that's why at times they don't do certain rules. I think they worry about you know how do you protect how do you go back and and calculate. I don't think, I don't think Dan Marino rushed for a yard in his entire career. I don't based think on so that I think he is. I think he's minus yardage. I think. Wouldn't surprise me. Did you me, really though. want him running the football? No. <laughs> you know I do wish there was a way that we could get kickoff returns and punt returns as part of the. I know there's stats on those, but as far as in total offense, when I see a team with 238 yards of offense but they've got 49 points i'm like how'd they get it and they have a couple of touchdown kickoff returns oh. i wish that mm-hmm. somehow was installed into the offense turnovers all- and all-purpose yards yeah. uh, that'll that'll run the score yeah, let me let me ask you we were talking about the utah state thing and I'm, I'm i was being kind of funny there about them throwing the football game um <laughs> you but, sure did make a big, big deal about it. When, you're, when you're down when you're down 27 28 35 49 nothing whatever and the team's kicking off to you mm-hmm. and the ball is is landing a, a yard into the end zone your job is kickoff returner. That's mm-hmm. what your job is. Yeah. That's what you do. I would think that you would want to return kickoffs because kickoff returners want to return kickoffs, right? Don't they? Well, they do, but you the know, coaches but, but tell them. Not but, as much as they used but, to. But, but, but 
Look at the dudes running at you at full blast. I don't. It is Alabama <laughs> coming at you. I know, and you get a chance to make a huge play against that coverage. And your Utah State. This is the only chance you're going to have to play Alabama. Period. In your life, why wouldn't you? Yeah, don't, or get blown don't, up. Don't tell me kickoff get, returners get are afraid of, of defenders. Come on, that's what you're playing the damn game for. No, you're but a there's a part of the player. strategy here in field position where you get the ball at the 25. What are the chances Utah State getting the ball beyond the 25 yard and, line? Seriously. It, against Alabama. It may but, be the but, only weakness you all, got that day, so all, why not take a shot? All throughout college football, the first two weeks, we've I, seen a lot of guys taking fair catches at like the 7, 10-yard line. Why are they doing that? I mean, obviously, they're being instructed by they're the throwing coaches, the game. Yeah. They, they, well, throwing the game. They're, being <laughs> no, no, they're all throwing the game. Because the 25-yard line now is yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, because if you watch a lot of returns, they get to like the 22 yeah. or the 20. That three yards. But I mean, is a you're big a difference. kickoff returner yeah. for what? You're skilled in that position yeah. in order to break things. You're running. He's not. The, he, he's probably not the one making the decision. The coaches are saying we're going to either let the ball go through and or again, we're going to carry catch. My point exactly. All right. It's, it's <laughs> one of the worst coaching games I've ever seen. I would be out there saying, "Listen, if it's a yard short, go for it. We need a spark on our offense. We need to do something to spark this offense." All right, we'll be back. Hour number one. We'll uh, wrap it up. 205-686-1941. That's 205-686-1941. 205-686-1941. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow, partially sunny with a chance of scattered showers and storms again. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, and uh, we were talking in the break. Lars is doing his investigative reporting on the beer sales at uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium. Yeah, I talked to my students yesterday about uh, their experience at Bryant-Denny on Saturday with the beer sales. And uh, most of my students are juniors and seniors and some grad students, so vast majority of them are 21 years and older. And they were just amazed at the price. At how expensive everything was, and if I if I remember correctly, the uh, sixteen ounce Dos Equis was something like uh, fourteen to sixteen dollars, like a tall boy, a, 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 a tall boy, yeah. yeah. And um, and then uh, just a twelve ounce beer would be about ten eleven dollars, and so all of them told me. I mean, every single one I asked said we are going to go back to exactly what we did last year and that is party hard before the game sneak alcohol in and just do it like uh like 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 they've always done it because they can't afford to pay that much money for a 16 ounce bottle or a 16 ounce can of beer matt 16 dollars something I like mean, that that's like uh, maybe even 12 dollars is yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. it's twelve. I'd... By the way, uh, LSU generated two point four seven million dollars off alcohol sales last year at home games. It's a big number. Two it's a big point number. It's, it's, four. It's a lot. Of, it's. A lot I'm of sure numbers. we'll get numbers from Tuscaloosa and, and here. Also, for terribly long. I, I know that it's it, it sort of. I, I guess it depends because there's all there's Anheuser Busch products, right? Uh, Miller Lite. Uh, there's Molson. There's Coors. Um, Just and, and make it ten or fifteen. 
don't do the tw- I mean, just do ten or fifteen, and and make it to where it's one. All you do is give one bill back. You do all the it was all, it was all card, wasn't it? Oh, was it? That's right. You can't do I forgot. Yeah, and, no cash. Um, that's right. Uh, I think that's a good move. But Tony was telling me about ordering online for just regular soft drinks. Yeah, that- I had to get a Coke and a Sprite, and I was like, I'm not going to stand in line for 45 minutes to get a Coke. And, and you had to download it, right? So were the, yeah, were the, the QR codes outside the QR stadium codes, no, saying, QR, look, there no, weren't? No, it was, yeah. it was at, at the actual booth. And it I was just meant like where you could download it coming in. Like if you're going to order anything today, download it. I guess. Yeah, could have been. been. Uh, but you had to create an account with a password, the whole nine yards, in order to get a $14. Did one code fit all? Uh, I just went to the one booth and, and yeah. saw the, the QR code. I think, no, because the QR codes are different for each one because you had to be standing at that particular point in order to pick up your drink. Now, the minute I put my order in, it was there. So, it Tony, with you and your son, how much money did you spend on Saturday? Parking, everything. Uh, 30 bucks at the Capstone Deck, 14 bucks for a um, Coke and a Sprite. And then on the way home, we spent about $40 at Waffle House. $40? Wow. It was, it was, it was, about a, $100. It was a cheap day, to be honest with you. Yeah, and if we had to buy the tickets, it would have been another couple of hours. did you order it? Waffle. We were hungry, dude. We hadn't eaten since lunch, and it was 1130 at night. Was two all-stars? All huh? <laughs> yeah, and, and Bubba, what's his name? Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson, that's it, yeah. yeah. All right, we got to on the other side of 115. Roger Hoover's going to join us from CTSN. Look forward to that, getting his thoughts on the Crimson Tide. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. Hour number two coming up next. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces of all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. And look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. We got Tony House. Uh, Tony House. Tony Curry in the house. <laughs> Tony House, baby. <laughs> that should be a good radio name. Oh, his name is now Tony Conspiracy Theory yeah. Curry. He said that Utah State <laughs> threw the game uh, on Saturday. Yeah, he was there live in person uh-huh. watching it. I saw it. Took all the notes and uh, must have lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network, uh, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. Thanks for being with us as we got uh, about uh, 15 minutes or less, 12 minutes. We got Roger Hoover from CTSN will join us normally at 12.15 on Wednesdays, but had to move it back an hour. So we look forward to hearing his take on Alabama, Texas. We'll break it down for you here in just one second as well. Some of our early thoughts about this game. We're presented by Top Golf for Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it for family, coworkers, and friends, and all the great events they do out there for charitable events. And a lot of people do the golf course they do at Top Golf as well, where people come out. You have groups that sit there just like you do normally play it. They raise a ton of money for charities. Great thing at Top Golf for Birmingham. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sunny King Ford. All right, we got uh, t- really this weekend, you got two California uh, California quarterback, a Texas quarterback, and they're two two times competing against each other, mm-hmm. but it's different. Yep. One is Bryce Young, Quinn Ewers, and the other is going to be uh, DJ and uh, Klubnik uh, at Clemson. Uh, they'll be competing. California, Texas guy. Klubnik being the Texas DJ being the uh, he looked pretty good. He looked really good. good. That last drive, his energy, yep, and the way he, that team responded to him and that last drive was really really good. I Man, think. And the ball just flew out of his hand. hand. I know. Very. I think DJ looked bad. He, he looked bad early on. But, uh, he looked. He had his eyes. A little I mean, bit I, I, better I, than last year, but yeah, I, I looked at his eyes and I'm like, there's something not. He's not confident. He didn't look confident. He, the, the players around him were kind of like, okay, here we go again. It seemed like that kind of body language. Um, and I, 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 mean, I hope the best for him. And they're saying, look, he's a starting quarterback. He's our guy. Dabo's a very, very loyal guy. So it's just coaching staff. They're going to give him as much time as possible. But you got to think if things begin to uh, get a little bit squirrely with him again, especially against Furman, and this could be an opportunity for Klubnik to get a chance to play a lot. If they can get up big, get him out there, get him with the first team guys, let him play and see how well he does. But uh, it definitely has created a lot of controversy there, Clemson. But Jay, let's go, yeah. did he get better? Did you notice his eyes later in the game? He did. Yeah, did he look more confident, and did his team kind of rally around him? Yeah, I thought. Well, I, they definitely did that. I think the players love him. I think he's number one. Everybody talks about what a great guy he is. Comes from a great family, and you know that's one of the, one of the things that sold Dabo on him was that he felt like you know this is the type of kid that's a Clemson kid that you know he'll come in. The culture will be great. With him, and uh, he's just just struggled after that first game against Notre Dame. Everybody went, "Wow, this kid's going to be amazing!" And, and then really struggled his sophomore uh, season. So we'll see how it all kind of turns out for him. But not the best of nights, but still got the win. All right, let's go back Texas and Alabama. Uh, this matchup, and 
Steve Sarkeesian really did a good job with yours, uh, uh, excuse me, in the first game. Uh, really, their efficiency on first downs, if you look at it, um, he really built the passing game uh, right there early on. Ewers was 9 of 11 on first downs for 171 yards, a touchdown. And all three of his completions for 25 or more yards came on first down as well. So the key for, I think, Sark is looking at is get ahead of the chains. Get ahead of schedule. Let's make this quarterback feel as comfortable as possible. Get him some first downs. More importantly, make some second and shorts, third and shorts, Lars. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, uh, also they have B. John Robinson, who I think is probably the best running back talent-wise in the country. And uh, Xavier Worthy, who is a really terrific wide receiver. And so Texas is accumulating these parts at the skill positions that will help them down the road. But they're, again, young, especially uh, Quinn Ewers. Uh, he'll just be making his second start against Alabama. But it, it's uh, it's going to be – this game's won and lost at the line of scrimmage, and Alabama's absolutely going to destroy them on both sides of the ball. And uh, I think Texas, in order to keep it close, they got to come out fast. They need to get, you know, a big play, turnover, uh, Alabama mistake in some form or fashion. And uh, I still think Alabama is going to win by about 35. Yeah, they're favored by 20 in this game. And the the, the one stat that kind of scares me is Texas is 1-7 under Sark. When they give up 30 points or more, Alabama scored 40 or more in 41 of their last 57 games. So that's kind of crazy. 5-11 and 11 all time against number one teams, but 2-2 two and two the last four. And you mentioned uh, the Xavier Worthy kid. You can make an argument he's the best wide receiver, certainly in the Big 12 and maybe in college football as well. And with Quinn, again, his only second start, but the potential for him is huge. For him to have a big game against an Alabama decent, uh, defense would be obviously a, a statement game for him as well. Looking at uh, some of the research based on point spreads, the Dash came out and said, look, based on their research, they can't find a game where Texas has ever been an underdog by 20 points or more. At home. At home, yep. And I wonder how um, much that plays in the fact that Sark obviously is the head coach and the fact that, that you know, it's, it's Alabama-Texas for the first time. Well, I was telling Lars earlier today, I mean, I think Sark kind of showed his hand here earlier in the week when he said, you know, this is not going to define Texas in our rebuilding effort. Yeah. I mean, Lars, is he kind of saying, all right, we may get clobbered here. Yes. That's what I read behind the, the between yeah, the lines. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's not that far removed from getting beat by Kansas, as mentioned yesterday. By the way, they're one and zero. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. Yeah, they they beat a JV team. I think they beat uh, high Albany school, high school. You said JV yesterday team. the worst team in college football, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> over the over the last five years, uh-huh. they yes. have you probably said. Yeah. That. yeah. Um, but you know, it's a really interesting matchup between Coach Saban and Sark. And Jay, who who has the advantage here? Because they know each other so well, and uh, and and again, I, I think Sark is set up for long term success in Texas. Because Matt, as you talked about earlier today, uh, they're going to have plenty of money for uh, NIL, and uh, Sark knows all of the the recruiting secrets uh, of Saban. He knows how to structure the program. I mean, he has been learning uh, from the best. From the master, right? But now he goes against him. Yeah. And also, important to note, Nick Saban, uh, you know, we talked about how he always has beat his assistants every time, right? And last two games, 0-2, uh, he certainly doesn't want that streak to continue. I, I, my thing was in his press conference uh, early this week, he said, look, this game is not going to define us. And, and that, to me, was kind of like, okay, wait a minute. You know, why are you sending that message to your team, in a sense? Because this is a big game. It does, in a sense, define kind of where you are right now. And, and, and I, I know that he's trying to take that off, that edge from them.
But to me, I was kind of like, okay, that was that's, too much for you. I just, I mean, to me, you're a competitor. I mean, you don't put that out. I mean, you, you, know, you maybe you think that, or you maybe talk about that after the game. If you lose the game, hey, this one game doesn't define us. Absolutely. I don't know if you put it out there at the very beginning. To me, that showed a lack of confidence, and you know that made me think, okay, they are going to cover the twenty points. Now, saying that, last year, if you look at the games at Florida, at Auburn, at Texas A and M, those were some of Alabama's toughest matchups. Why? Because of the crowd noise, because of the environment, and uh, and they they struggled uh, in some of those games. They struggled at Texas A and M, lost. They struggled at Auburn and uh, could have lost that game with two, what, four overtimes to win it. So that's to me, is one of the areas early in the game especially. Alabama needs to have success, get the crowd out of the game, get a bunch of points uh, you know, in the first quarter, second quarter, I mean, at least a couple of touchdowns, and not allow them to score, make big plays or explosive plays down the field to get the crowd hyped up. Um, you know, and, and that's one of the things they'll work on with the crowd noise and everything they'll do in practice to get these guys ready for that type of environment. And uh, other than saying, you know, hey, this game isn't going to define us, I, I think Steve Sarkeesian is saying all of the right things. Uh, he, uh, today, uh, this morning, said, uh, basically, I would not be the head coach at Texas if it weren't for Nick Saban. He gave me a chance, and when I had a hard time getting an interview, <laughs> never mind a job, there are days that I thought uh, to myself, man, I'm never going to be a head coach again. I'm never going to be an offensive coordinator again. I'm never going to get another job. But Coach Saban took a chance on me when I needed somebody to believe in me. It's pretty amazing. No, but that's... When you, yeah. when, when you look at Sark, what was happening at USC... Oh yeah, and how, and how his departure there ended up—the uh, fact that he's now at, at Texas, mm -hmm. a, a team that's going to be in the SEC. You know right? what that proves? He can coach. No, it means we're a redemptive I, I, society. We give I, people I, second I, chances. I've always liked him very much. When he was head coach at Washington, uh, just randomly was doing a story on on Washington, and he, he uh, gave me a cell number. And he's like, "Call me whenever." Yeah, very accessible guy. But. What's been your experience with Steve over the I years? I had a great experience when the CFL, CFL, he actually invited me to dinner. He's, he was at Sark, uh, Sarkeesian. He was at Saskatchewan. Sarkeesian is Saskatchewan. He was wow, a quarterback. Tough to say. So he sent like a letter or something, noticed that, hey, I'd like to have dinner before the game if you want to. I'd like to hang out, I'd like to kind of pick your brain on offense. I mean, he was already at that time wanting to talk football. And uh, this guy, I was hoping it wasn't a date. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't buy my dinner or anything like that. So uh, we go to dinner. I don't know he about was, that David Arquette story. That's yeah. true, yeah. So we had a great time, right? So then he gets to Alabama. I never got one phone call from him. Never got Braxton was being coached really? by him. Never got one text. Bill O'Brien, first day he got there, texted me, called me. We texted and called throughout the entire time. Huh. I, don't, I think a lot of that was that Sark was kind of rebuilding his image at that time. Yeah. And so he was kind of staying behind the scenes and not doing stuff or whatever else. I like the guy. And, and Braxton brags about him. Big time. So just no, the kind so of coach no, he was. So no second date for you? No second date. I know. Maybe, Maybe it wasn't good the first time. What do you have for dinner? Steak. Do you drink flowers? Is, is Braxton <laughs> a big part of uh, coming up with the defensive game plan this week for Alabama? Offensive. Would be offensive. Well, well, I know, but, yeah. but but because he knows the offense of no, they know Sark. It. Well, they know it. The defensive guys yeah. know it. Yeah. They, 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 all those guys have been around him. They understand. Coach Saban said it best. He knows me. I know him. I mean, we both know each other. I mean, now it's going to be about execution. What and team players? Yeah, what team executes at the highest level? All right, so we got to coming up. Roger Hoover is going to join us next from CTSM. We'll get his take on Alabama, Texas coming up in Austin, Texas this weekend. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide. And other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. 
For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow, partially sunny with a chance of scattered showers and storms again. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, and uh, we welcome Trent Richardson is actually in the house. What's up, Trent? What's going on, man? I got to eat doing? this mic. <laughs> you got to eat the mic, no doubt. That one right there is, but it's good because it, c- it cancels out a lot of the sound around you. So you're making a lot of noise in Mexico, now back in the uh, States. We're going to dive in with uh, Trent coming up on the other side of this with uh, Roger Hooper from CTSN joining us. Always great to have him on. Normally we have an hour earlier, but he has some interviews to do today. Heading into this Alabama Texas game, which uh, the last time was your year, 2009. You had a couple touchdown uh, runs as well, but let's welcome in Roger Hoover. Roger, how are you, my man? Doing really well. Uh, excited to get down to Texas uh, in a couple of days and uh, ready for this matchup between Tide and Longhorns. Hard to believe it's been as long as it's been since these teams met the national championship. Yeah, crazy. Thinking back to, to 2009, Trent's getting old now, so he's like all of us. <laughs> wow, yeah, look at it, baby. Really, he old. Could play right now, man. I see it. He could. He looks phenomenal. Hey, uh, I guess just some of your initial thoughts, some of the guys that you've interviewed, and some of the uh, things that you've seen or what you're hearing down on campus. Just uh, kind of where are things, and how, how's the team feeling about this matchup this weekend? Yeah, the focus seems to be there for a big game, and uh, you know, I could even tell when we had one-on-one interviews with Bryce Young and Will Anderson on Monday. Uh, you know, they were kind of in uh, really good moods uh, last week. You know, just a you know, big smile year to year, excited for the first game of the year. And now that's kind of come and gone, both more uh, business-like. On Monday, you could tell that they were ready to just get back in the film room, get back with their teammates, and really uh, keep preparing for this game because they know they have to have uh, everything ready to go and give their best shot against the Texas team. that's highly motivated to welcome in Alabama for the first time to Austin since 1922. It's been that long since Crimson Tide have made this trip. And you know, just again, it's all business right now in this Alabama football building. Uh, a lot of good things happen on Saturday. Definitely some things to clean up from the Utah State game, but the focus seems to be where it needs to be on a big game like this. I mean, that's no surprise how Coach Saban handles this program. Roger, what uh, position group are you looking for or looking at that could make the biggest sort of jump in improvement from game one to game two? I I think the offensive line, just protecting Bryce Moore, has got to be a priority in this game. I think when Alabama had its toughest moments last year, uh, Bryce was having to scramble a bit too much and didn't have time in the pocket that he needed to. And even Utah State was disruptive at times last week. So I think as this offensive line continues to grow in together, learning together, Emil Ekior uh, back in a starting role, you would imagine coming up this Saturday after he, Coach Saban had said he had missed some practice last week. Uh, you expect them to gel and play a really solid football game coming up on Saturday. But definitely Texas has some good athletes on the defensive line, and they're going to try and create the pressure that Texas A&M and Auburn and later Georgia was able to create on Alabama last season. But if they're able to keep Texas away from Bryce, give him the time he needs, I mean, he's so good moving around in the pocket, scrambling, getting in the perfect spot to throw a long strike downfield. It could be a really good day for Alabama. But 
He really needs the offensive line to help him have more success on Saturday. Roger Hoover joins us here on the Jay Barker Radio Network from the SEC Network, getting ready for Alabama-Texas noon coming up on the Saturday. I, you know, you, you look at seeing this in the pros all the time. We have a great quarterback, a great wide receiver, and a great running back. Uh, two of those positions are filled by Texas, and obviously uh, you have a quarterback that's only starting a second football game, but they're saying the potential, the sky's the limit with him. What do you see from Texas's offensive line matching up against Alabama's defensive line, and can they protect him long enough to make the plays? I think it's going to be tough uh, because they have a lot of freshmen up front. So, you know, some starting spots, some that will be rotating in. You look at the center position, you have two freshmen right there. The right guard is a starting freshman as well. And uh, it's just going to be a challenge, I think. I think Alabama's defensive line is really set up for success. We saw that the other night with the way D.J. Dale had some good moments, Justin Aboigby as well, and then Jaheim Otis. This could be a game where he breaks out and really becomes a household name to each and every Alabama fan as a true freshman. So I think that's a position of strength for Alabama, but you're right. I mean, they have to give viewers protection for him to be successful. And then Bijan Robinson is one of the best running backs in college football. But if there's no one to block up front for him, there's only so much he can do. There's only so many elusive moves he can make and uh, to gain some positive yardage for the Longhorns. So I think that is one of the critical matchups coming up this Saturday. Quick question, man, and this for the running back room. It's a question for you. Do you think this running back room for the University of Alabama, do you think they need to you know, have a, a great game this game to pull this game off? I think so, because I think there are going to be times where Alabama is going to need kind of that back-breaking drive that we've seen all throughout the Saban era, going back to Trent's uh, day, where you just kind of put the game away with a long six, seven, eight-minute uh, long drive. And uh, Coach Saban mentioned he wanted to see more consistency on a down-out down and down out faces from the running backs. And, uh, you know, we see the explosiveness that Jameer Gibbs has. And I really love seeing Jace McClellan back on the field healthy. Same for Roy Dell Williams. Uh, and then Trey Sanders adds extra depth beyond them. But if we're able to see some of those really long drives or maybe Alabama, you know, midway through the third quarter, has a three-touchdown lead, but just give Texas no chance. You know, work that clock away turn a lot of yardage on the ground. I think that's the next step for this offense. I think that's something that we need to see before SEC play begins. Roger Hoover, CTSN. Joining us, Trista Tide Sports Network. And uh, always great to have him on on uh, Wednesdays with us. Normally at 12 15 now, a little bit hour later. He's got a lot of interviews and stuff getting ready for this big matchup. But when you look at just the wide receiver room, uh, watching them on Saturday against Utah State, I mean, it's six or seven guys deep. Uh, talk about just the, the chemistry, the progression of those guys with Bryce Young and, and how well they played this past weekend. Yeah, it seems like the seven-on-seven work they did in the summer really paid off because he was not shy about getting yeah. the football to Kobe Prentice uh, early and often. Uh, the freshman from Calera looked really good, I thought. Uh, and Bryce liked going to him. Uh, Jermaine Burton, obviously, a target on touchdowns. That was good to see. And then even beyond that, Christian Leary, Isaiah Bond, Hendrick Law, all got their names called on Saturday in addition to what we know uh, Jermaine Burton can do. So I love the depth that's been built up there. And I love the fact that some freshmen are able to contribute from their first game as members of the Crimson Tide. And I think everybody was kind of learning the name Kobe Princess uh, last week going into the first game of the season, seeing him high on that depth chart and five catches for 60 yards. He was really elusive on some screens. I imagine Alabama will use him over the middle a little bit more in the future, probably starting with this game, but the depth there looks really, really solid. And, you know, it's tough for these guys to live up to the high wide receiver standard that's been built in recent years, but their one game early returns are really good for that unit. 
Roger Hoover from the SEC Network on the Jay Barker Radio Network. we got a full house today here. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, we were talking about him uh, during the break. Obviously, they didn't bring him into Texas to go 6-7 and seven in his first year, but it is his first year. You used to have four or five years to prove yourself because you wanted to get your own recruits in there. Question for you. Will Steve Sarkeesian be the head coach of the Texas Longhorns when they join the SEC? I believe so. I think as much as Texas fans get painted as you know being very impatient, turning on a coach very quickly, I think what helps him the most is regardless of how this season goes, and I think they will be in the upper half of the Big 12 and possibly contend based on how the Oklahoma game goes in a few weeks, uh, possibly contend for the Big 12 championship. Uh, and I think even if the season goes south, if it's you know up and down once again, around 500 again, you have the biggest selling point to your fan base and that Arch Manning is signed and will be coming to Texas next year. And that builds a lot of hope. And I think ultimately how the Arch Manning era goes at Texas will define Steve Sarkeesian's success at Texas, good or bad. So I think there's a lot, there's more patience knowing that Arch Manning is going to be a Texas Longhorn, I believe. If he wasn't, uh, then maybe it could get rocky if things go south on the field. But I think regardless of the results of this season, I, I think he's in pretty good shape knowing what's coming down the road, not just Arch, but also some other good recruits and the fact that he can sell SEC experience and SEC mm. offensive coordinator before with Alabama. I think that's going to help in their transition. I don't think they would want to rock the boat before they made a move like that um, by replacing another head coach. Roger, when I was on campus yesterday, the students I spoke to were more fired up about one thing than anything else, and that is the situation with the million-dollar ban and the fact that Texas wanted to put them in the nosebleed seats, and they have done this repeatedly uh, to other teams that have traveled to Austin uh, because uh, the Big 12 has different rules than the SEC when it comes to seating allotments for for bands and uh, at the LSU in 2019. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it, 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 it's, it's not a new thing, but has this trickled down to the players? I, I mean, I'm telling you every single student in my classes was talking about this and was really angered by it. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's trickled down to the players. I think it goes back to Coach Saban running this program. It's all about the process, and you're just worried about everything you have internally, not so much the external factors. But I know it's motivated the fans, like you mentioned, Lars. The students are fired up about it. And what I'm really looking forward to seeing is just how many Alabama fans are there. Because, yes, the allotment for fans is going to be small, but I believe on the secondary market, you're going to have a ton of Alabama fans grab tickets. And I think you're going to see plenty of crimson in that stadium. And I think the best tribute to the million-dollar band would be, uh, you know, Alabama. If they can go out and take care of business and have a blowout win against Texas, I want them to get as close to the field as possible and just uh, scream, yay, Alabama, and sing the fight song kind of acapella as loudly as they can. Maybe the team can match that. That could become a really signature moment as a salute to the million-dollar band. So I think there's still going to be plenty of crimson. You're going to hear the fight song at some point on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, and rammer jammer at the end. The fans get that yeah, thing going perfect. big time if it's if it's a big win. But I, I do hate this because we know as players, when you're on the, on the road, that the people that you hear the most is the band. Yeah, the, it's the, part the, of the pageantry of college. It football. is, and you can't really hear your fans yeah. as much. But the va- band is so loud after you have a big play or something happens or you hear a familiar song. 
makes you feel okay. There, there's my fan base. There's, there's my. I hate that. I hate the fact that they're. I hate it. For, I also hate it for. Well, I, I hate it for the band too because what a great experience. Yeah. yeah. To go out and, and be in Austin and be a part of and that. Austin so. is such a cool town. It is. Yeah. Then, yeah. Roger, thank you, my man. Great stuff as always. Roll Tide, and uh, I know you're going to continue to give everybody a lot of good updates on Twitter. Tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Roger underscore Hoover and then the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Our show is available on YouTube as well. We're live each Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. Central for Crimson Drive driven by NASCAR. And that's really the home for all of our interviews throughout the week. We'll have Hey Coach and the Nick Saban Show on Thursday night. And then we'll be on the air bright and early, 8 a.m., getting ready for that 11 a.m. kickoff between the Tide and Longhorns. So hopefully everyone can join us on the radio as well. But thank you guys for having me. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Thank you. Appreciate it. Roger Hoover, CTSN, Crimson Tide Sports Network is uh, part of that and uh, with us every Wednesday right here on the show. Totally cool to see NASCAR flying across the screen there, Brian. Was it cool? Oh, man. Every first down was a NASCAR moment. It was super cool. Beer and NASCAR. Heaven, wasn't it? It was great. $18 beer and NASCAR. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Trent Richardson in the house. Saw Robbie Glenn just walk in. Got a little striker strong. We'll get an update on that as well. The tournament coming up. About a week and a half, or two two weeks away, two two and a half weeks away, on the twenty third that we do each and every year out at Highlands Golf Course for Striker Strong. Um, that you just sent me that text. You want to get yeah. into that on the yeah. other side? I thought that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's what would these coaches be doing yes. if they weren't coaching football in the right? SEC? Yes. In the SEC, yes. saw that. All right, yeah. let's let's dive into that coming up on the other side. Stay with us live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. It's Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. And again, thanks to Roger Hoover, CTSN, and also Tony Curry in the house today with Tony Curry Radio Network. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Trent Richardson joined us uh, last segment, and uh, he's been down in Mexico. He said he's done with the O's, the burritos, the tacos, the Doritos, or whatever, the nachos. Adogios. Enchilados. You're done. You came back to uh, get some American food, some good deep south country cooking. Yeah, man. And you know what's crazy? Because uh, we played in Juarez. And Juarez and, and El Paso is, like, right there by each other. Mm-hmm. So, and it was, you know, I guess Juarez is another part of Chihuahua. Chihuahua is the state. Mm-hmm. Juarez is the city. And so, us being in El Paso, and I'm just like, I mean, us being on Juarez, I'm like, why don't y'all go across the border? And so, everybody was just scared across the border. And, and you know, they, they were so scared. It took us literally maybe five minutes mm-hmm. to get across the border. I'm like, you know, what's all these rumors that you hear about, you know, they checking you or it's hard to get across and back and forth from the border. Like coming back into Mexico, wasn't nobody even checking us. Like nobody even, like the, the, the Navy people, all the military people, they was walking around. So chilling. the border's open. Really? Yeah. I mean, so what was it like coming from Mexico back to the United States? Coming from Mexico back to the United States? Yeah. 
Well, going into the United States, it was uh, all they did. It was just lines, and all they did was check the passports. I mean, you can even have an ID, and you got people walking over all day with suitcases really? and everything. So it's just like all the stuff that they say and rumors. Really, they try to scare us not to go over there because it's cheaper. And I'm just like, it is crazy, man. Like it really like. I didn't get it. I was so surprised because all they did, because you know, I had my kids there and stuff. So they just looked in the van. I had a actually I had a minivan, y'all. So <laughs> I, had my, I had my minivan, and they just looked in there and they checked the passports and they was like, "Okay, have a good time." Okay. I had, what, what happened was I had looked up a restaurant, mm-hmm. and the restaurant was right across the border, and I didn't know it. Yeah. So we went across there, and well, we was going across there, and it was just like, "Yeah, you just go right across the street," and I mean, it was literally five minutes away. Hmm. It's but, crazy. It's, it's approaching three million that yeah. across the border. They're now, which that number is what we know of. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about that's the state of Alabama almost. Yeah, there's four million in the state, right? Four, right at four million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Have you driven down Lorna Road lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I have, but I won't say. <laughs> just curious. Was it used to take your truck out there and? Well, yeah, I mean, you just take your pickup truck and stop on Lorna Road, and you don't even have to ask. And when you come back out of the store, you get yourself a moon pie and a Pepsi, and there's 17 guys in the back of your truck. I'm like, I'm good. I know, right? Well, I'm good, man. I'm going to build out my dick, and I'm going to pick up something. Maybe next week. What was it like playing in Mexico? What was the league like? What was all the – tell us about the the adventure or the – what what was it like? Well, for me, I didn't get to play for real. Um, Got to play a couple games, well, a game for real. Um, But, you know, just watching it – watch how they do stuff it's more seven on seven to me oh really it wasn't that much uh you know i you know i it wasn't that much you know down here running it was more side to side it was more playing out the shotgun and for me it was just like this is not my type of football yeah and you know it, it kind of was like you know everybody kind of ran the same playbook but you can tell the team that didn't and the team that did run the ball they you know win the championship did they really yeah <laughs> And so, um, I mean, they had some good ball playing out there, though, man. You had guys that really, you know, they had the opportunity. They had the, you know, the media behind them. They had the, you know, the, the the whole, you know, people coming in and getting film. I think these guys can really go, you know, at least get on a practice squad somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about you got some D1 talent out there, man. You got guys that come from the States over there that is you know, just trying to make a statement and get more film. And, you know, guys that really just love the game and they're out there playing. What was your role, Trent? You weren't there just as a player, correct? No. Nah. And so I was the ambassador to it at the same time. So and I had percentage of the lead uh, of the team out there. Now next year coming up, they're we're trying to do or they're trying to give me percentage of the lead. And so for me, I'm trying to do more front office stuff with them and and be able to, you know, bring a, a whole channel like they should have a channel with the news or, you know, with, with, with local channels. It, they was yeah. basing their fan base, you know, if you wasn't at the game off, you know, Facebook, and I was trying to let them know, like, hey, y'all are way behind the ball on this. We need to, you know, make, do commercials, you know, talking about advertising. You know, get on the radio station and, you know, get on billboards. Everybody, you know, we had a player on our team, we used to call him Sonic because he was pretty fast, and every time he touched the ball on kickoff return or, you know, punt return, he'll score. He'll take it to the house. Even when we were throwing the ball, he'll take it to the house. And, um, like I was telling him, like he should have been, you know, we had a McDonald's advertisement. He should have been in, in, on a billboard with eating a, Mac, eating, eating a Big Mac, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, which our car lots that you have. Or, well, you know, it'd be Sonic, it'd be Sonic. Exactly. Yeah. The movie had just came out, you know. Now, if he was Speedy Gonzalez, then you could do a lot of that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no doubt. 
But, you know, it's stuff like that, like they're kind of behind the ball on. But, man, like, like it's still a lot of good football out there. Yeah. That's awesome, though. And, was, but you go, ready, was it a good experience? No, it was a great experience, yeah. man, because I, I learned a lot. Four months? Yeah. yeah. Learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about my kids, and, and I got to, you know, dig deep in, in being more, more uh, what's the word can I use? Um, more honest about, you know, the way that we live out here. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you, man, like, we, we got it made. And, yeah. And I'm, 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 like, I was being, a, like, going to work every day, right? And I would see kids all day, you know, working the corners, you know, juggling balls or, you know, uh, doing something like at a circus act, like trying to get money. And I'm like, these kids not in school. Mm-hmm. And around there, they do school all year. And they do football all year. Too. They do sports all year. So out there, girls football, women football is big out there. And I'm not just talking, and it's lingerie football too. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about like regular football. <laughs> like it's regular girls football. Regular girls football is big out there. And lingerie football. Lingerie football is big there? Oh, yeah. It's, really? it's huge. It is huge. But like, where do they put the pads? <laughs> you brought it up, man. You brought it up. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I think I saw that but, Brian Denny on Saturday. And there you go. There he go. <clears throat> oh, I miss Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you too, T. But yeah, football, like on a girl's side, because like I hear, like our high school girls are just starting to do powder puff, like you know, around mm-hmm. the state, you know, to play against different teams. Like when I was in school. Powder, well, we used to call it powder football when girls played flag football. It just used to be the school and, you know, different mm-hmm. grades played, you know, each other. Right. You know, up here now, they're doing, you know, different schools play against each other. But out there, they, like, do, like, a real lead out there. Oh, wow. And so, you know, even with flag, like, so my sons, when they was out there playing flag football, it was so smaller than us. Um, My, my six-year-old, well, he was six out there. He turned seven. My six-year-old was playing with the eight and nine. So TJ had to play with the eleven and twelve because he was so you know bigger than mm-hmm. everybody else. And so even with my son playing with the with the eight and nine, my youngest son, he was still bigger than everybody. He was dropping back, you know, trying to you know take his steps and everything. Or he'll be out there, you know, running routes and you know kids just be running around. And yeah. so it's like, oh, they're so they're so far behind. And so yeah. my kids are used to playing tackle football too. So you know, flag was different for them too. I bet TJ was dominating. Man, <laughs> you should have seen him, man. Like. Yeah, like TJ is literally like a star out there. Like everybody loves TJ. That's awesome. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to get your take on uh, 2009 to now, the Texas Alabama matchup. You were part of that two touchdowns in that national t- title game, but uh, and also your take on where Alabama's at right now. And if you've had a chance to kind of look at this team and give us a little look into the running back room as well from uh, some of the guys that are there and uh, playing at a high level. All right, we'll be back live from AVX. We'll wrap up hour number two. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The two words we live by. The coach we follow. All right, blow the horn. Let's go. The famous call we love to hear. Touchdown, Alabama! It's good to be a Bama fan. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide battle the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Our coverage begins at noon on your home for Alabama football. Alabama Crimson Tide football is presented by Pearl River Resort. America in your new Burton Campers RV. Be certain with Burton. Burton Campers at exit 231 on I-65 in Calera. Nobody sells RVs for less. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow, partially sunny with a chance of scattered showers and storms again. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Again, today we got uh, Turk Richardson in studio, Tony Curry from the Tony Curry Radio Network, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker, and we appreciate you being with us here on this Wednesday edition, getting ready for Alabama and Texas coming up in Austin this weekend. The last time Alabama-Texas played, this man across from me was playing in that game, national title, 2009, the beginning of what Nick Saban would do over the next so many years, uh, pretty much a championship every other year. And when you look at the numbers uh, for Coach Saban and uh, all of his recruiting classes as well, but, uh, Trent, you were part of that first one. And uh, tell us a little bit about going into that matchup and uh, just kind of how it felt to be out in California at the Rose Bowl and having a chance to uh, have Alabama back competing for a national, national, national title and, more importantly, winning it. Oh, yeah, man. You know, just being back in that, you know, and to that talk of Alabama being a national championship, it was big for us. And, you know, we, we, we knew it you know, was at risk for us. We knew what we had to lose. We knew what we had to do to win. Um, but going into that game, man, our mindset was we, we was going to win no matter what. And so I know a lot of people always say, well, what will happen if Colt would have played? Well, Colt did play, and he got knocked out. And, and you know, our thing was we wasn't preparing for, you know, uh, uh, was it uh, Blaine? Yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert. We wasn't, we wasn't preparing for him. So, actually, they got on the board because he was actually playing. Yeah. We prepared for Colt to move around a little bit, you know, like he did when he got knocked out. And so, you know, and I was a big, big Texas fan. You know, I, I grew up loving, you know, Ricky Williams, Earl Campbell, uh, uh, Cedric Benson, you know, all them type guys. Vince Young's my favorite football player, you know, in, in college, you know. And so, you know, being able to play in that game, play against a team that, you know, I wanted to recruit me that didn't recruit me to the last minute and thought they were going to be able to pull me in, um, you know, it, it was big for me. And so, you know, being at that Rose Bowl, though, man, like if, if heaven had a football field, mm-hmm. that definitely should be the field. Like, like, I don't know if people really, like, remember, like, that first half. Like, uh, I think at the beginning of the game when they, uh, you know, when they did the, um, when they saw the Star Spangled Banner and stuff like that, they they, they lit the, uh, they they did the, uh, what, what, what you call it? Was it, like, they, it was a cloud on the field. Yeah. yeah. And it I remember, was, and, and the, it was like fireworks. Yeah, and, it was like and, that for like and, the and, whole and first half. And the cloud half. lingered. Yeah. Because there was no wind or anything. Yeah, it, that, it, it was almost a surreal thing mm-hmm. to watch on television. And, and Trent, I know uh, a lot of reporters are calling you this week, uh-huh. right, to talk about this. And there's a, a story about you on, uh, on Three Sports right now. And uh, for this reporter... Um, uh, Daniel Morrison, you talked about what Nick Saban said at halftime. Even though you, you guys were up twenty four six at half, but you uh, you recalled what Coach Saban uh, and his message was to you guys at that moment. Mm-hmm. And what? So can you just uh, uh, share that with us? And you know, the one thing I did, you know, uh, take from that, he was like, you know, you, y'all guys trained your whole life for this, you know. Is you know, give me, give me, 
I think it was what thirty minutes left, nigga. Give me the, give me your last thirty minutes. You know, this is something that you trained for since you was coming out the womb, since you, you know, been playing little league football, high school football. You know, y'all didn't just start training for this in training camp. You know, y'all been prepared for this moment. You know, give me everything you got, and y'all go out there and play the game like you like you've been prepared to play. And we're gonna, you know, everything's gonna fall into place. You also mentioned I, th- I found this very interesting, uh, Jay, but. Uh, that, that that Nick Saban's not a big pregame speech guy, mm-hmm. but he's a halftime speech coach. Yeah, he he's huge at the halftime, and it's crazy because he actually let the players speak first, let they get you know get they all their emotions out and stuff like that. I mean, Rolando McClain used to come get the best halftime speeches ever for me, man. He used to sit there. I mean, I remember one, and, I, and it might have been a championship game. He was like, "Hey, you can't get this in stores. What we do, you can This ain't no you know P ninety X workout. This, you can't get this in here in stores." You know, we've been, you know, we've been working our tail off. And, and I refuse to, you know, go back home with a, with, a, with a L. And so, you know, and Rolando was the leader of that team that year. And Nick came right back up, you know, and, follow, and followed up with it. It's almost like they had everything written down, you know, what they were going to say. Almost like they were writing vows to the team. Mm-hmm. And so, man, you know, you look at it like that, man. How can you not get ready to run through a fence? You know, how can you not get ready to run through a wall and, you know, take a bullet for each other? What do you see about this team that's impressed you so far? Just one game in. I think Bryce man is very composed back there, man. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he's able to, you know, uh, you know, buy time, you know, with his legs, you know, as we, you know, kind of knew that he could move around. But I think him being able to use his feet more um, this year, other than you know having to sit back there and take a lick and and, and you know uh, not being so rattled, you know, as him being young and he wasn't. A, that much rattled last year, but you can tell how much he's grown, and you know, and with the receivers, you know, uh, it's not just you know the 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 Jamison out there, and it's not just you know the Minchie out there no more. Now he got different guys that he can select from, and that he's more comfortable with, you know, not just throwing the two guys a game and letting them guys get all the shine, you know, and, and you know for him to be able to run out the pocket and. and you know, for him to have 100 yards first game of the season, that's big. You know, a lot of people don't realize, like, hey, as a quarterback, you're trying to throw the ball first. And, and I mean, he controlled the whole game to me, man. I, I feel like he didn't make a bad play. I feel like, you know, he might, you know, criticize a little himself a little bit more because that's Bryce. I mean, but, you know, I feel like he is the leader of the team, and I think he know his position. Mm-hmm. And I think Will know their, his position on the team. And I think it's, you know, really it, – it's. I think it's going to be a revenge tour this year. Speaking of Will Anderson, Trent, you have played with so many great defensive players mm-hmm. throughout your career. You've gone against a lot of great defensive players. Where, where, where's Will Anderson rank, and, and what makes him so special? Man, Will Will Anderson is one of those guys that you look at as a Rolando type guy. You know, he he's one of them guys that you look at as a high tower Courtney Upshaw type guy that. You know, it's not that many players that I say could have played on the 2019 or the, the, the 1992 team. You know, he's one of those guys could have been in that group, you know, that, 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 that could have played anywhere, you know, could play all over the SEC, and he will be a day one type player going to the NFL draft. So to rank him, man, I, I had to put him up there in the top five, top ten, you know, defensive players that ever played at Alabama. Well, I tell you, <clears throat> with him, Dallas Turner, and then Chris Braswell, oh, yeah, everybody's yeah. talking about him. I mean, the, the, you know, you really haven't seen him yet as far as all that he can do on that defense side of the ball. They're trying to get a package together to keep them on the field, and they might be able to do it against Sark because of the way they spread the field out to keep more speed and athleticism on the field for them for this game coming up this weekend. Thanks for your stuff. Great to have you back yes, in sir. studio, back from Mexico, and uh, now back uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. 
All right, from Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and uh, from also Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network, Trent Richardson, I'm Jay Barker. Thanks for joining us today on this Wednesday edition. We'll continue to break it down, the Alabama-Texas matchup coming up this weekend, and uh, a lot of stake for both uh, programs. And uh, one wanting to make a statement, the other one wanting to, as you said, kind of the revenge tour this year for Alabama 